Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. Today, Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis will continue sharing his expert insight on the globalist scheme for a one-world government. And then a little later, Micah Van Hus will examine the secrets of the Knights Templar. I want to encourage you to visit our website, swrc.com. There, you'll find the latest headlines from the End Times video with Dr. Larry Spargimino, our latest Watchmen on the Wall programs, and timely articles that will inform and strengthen your faith. And of course, our extensive archive of past programs and the Resource Center filled with over a thousand books and DVDs. swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Here's Dr. Larry Spargimino with today's guest, Lieutenant Robert McGinnis, ready to reveal more details on the globalist scheme for a one world government. A warm greeting to all of our listeners. We're back with Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis. We are offering his latest book, Divided We Stand, The Globalist Scheme for a One World Government. Yes, indeed, we live in a polarized world. Divided We Stand offers an inside look at Klaus Schwab, the radical left in American government, but also principles for today's Christian to live in our polarized world. And that's really an important part of the book. We certainly want to maintain a solid, warm-hearted Christian testimony in this present darkness. Bob, thank you so much for being our guest once again. Oh, it's my pleasure, Larry. Well, let's uh, look a little more closely at this beast called division. How is it operationalized today as illustrated in your book? Well, you know, the proxies of Satan and his army of demons have recruited a lot of elite, powerful people, whether they're in government or they're you know, in our communities and influencing large manufacturing, or even as you have talked about the social media and so forth, there are people that he has recruited, and they are strategically located, and they're able to manipulate our culture. So it's it's using the idea of divide and conquer. You know, you divide people based on ideology, what is right and wrong. You know, we see classically today we're People argue about race, they argue about the so-called gender stuff and the Marxists and so forth. And so when you look across the world today, division is a tool in the hands of the mostly the left. But we've also seen biblically that, you know, God used division in Genesis 3 and Adam and Eve, certainly in Genesis 6 when, you know, we had the flood, Genesis 11 when we had the Tower of Babel. So there are real reasons for the division, but it's part of life, and it's a significant thing, and especially today in the hands of the left. Well, that's so true, and uh, I, I think we have to understand division, and your book really does a good job on that. So why is division such an effective tool in the hands of those who would control us? Why is it, why is it working? It seems to be working quite well. Well, it does. You know, if, if you're someone like you know, President Joe Biden, you go in and you want to gain control over the country, just follow the transcript of the things that he did in the first couple of years in office. You know, he divided us over energy. Uh, he divided us over money, wasteful spending. Uh, he divided us over the border. He divided us 
in, in terms of the voting, whether it was right or wrong. He divided us in terms of our appearance. Some are different color skin and certainly different genders. He divided us uh, in terms of speech. He divided us on the COVID-19, the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated. Yes. And so when you go across the board, it seems as if every policy is intended to divide us into one camp or another. I think the danger that we are in today, the peril that we are in, is far greater than we've ever faced. And the reason we've departed from the Bible. You know, if you believe that there's a male and a female, if you believe that there's a right and a wrong, even whether or not you're a Christian, you have certain basic moral values. And we've always, you know, everybody has not been a Christian in America. We've, we've held to, to certain basics. We've held to natural law. We've, we've held to good and bad, respect for men and women, so on and so forth. But when the Bible has been um, defrocked or dethroned, thrown out, ridiculed, it happens in, in uh, it happens in seminaries today. Unfortunately, when that happens, boy, the the very foundation, and, and I mean, this is serious stuff. And I really believe that because the Bible is out of the picture. I remember a few years ago in Kentucky, I was pastoring in Tennessee, and um, they had just removed the Ten Commandments from uh, the wall in a high school. I think it was in Paducah, Kentucky. Right after that, there was this shooting spree. I think it was the first of several with young people. They had just removed where it says, thou shall not kill. Guess what happened? I mean, there is a restraint, a moral restraint, even for people who are not Christians. So I think we're in very, very serious condition. I want to encourage our, our listeners to pray, to be people of prayer. This is really spiritual warfare. But, but Bob, you indicate that President Biden and by association, his administration are perhaps the most divisive in the history of this nation. I believe that. But, but tell us your reason for making that, that statement. Well, they, of course, many of the things that I outlined, you know, the border, the, the COVID agenda, overspending, uh, dividing us on energy and, and the likes. You know, it's, it's almost as if President Biden is a wannabe dictator in terms of the things that he has done. You know, it's evil. It's abuse of power. And the types of agendas, enriching his family, almost a cult of personality. You know, I can just, I can still recall the, the speech he gave in October of 2022 in, at Independence Hall. It was a Nuremberg-like backdrop with a couple mm -hmm. Marines there and, and the threatening tone that he took toward, you know, his fellow Americans. Dictatorial type of approach that, that the administration has taken. But really at its basis, not only is it evil, but it's incredibly divisive because yeah. you're either with them or you're against them. And they have little tolerance for anyone that you know, objects to them. I mean, all you have to do is listen to some of the hearings on Capitol Hill uh, between the two political parties. They, they really, you have to scratch your head and say, you know, have they lost all common sense uh, and the things that they're promoting? So yes, you know, it's, it's all about relativism. It's all about their political power, their control. Division leads to control, and that's what they want to use, and they're using it very effectively. Thank you. Lieutenant Colonel Bob McGinnis is our guest. He is an internationally known security and foreign affairs expert. 
He is also a Bible-believing Christian who has deep insight into what the Bible says about the future. We're offering his book, Divided We Stand. Call for your own copy, 1-800-652-1144. You know, Bob, when I was first saved about 50 years ago, I was a preterist. I was taught that we're now living in the millennium. Can you believe that? <laughs> but that's, that's how I grew up. There's no future Antichrist. The last days are really the past days. And of course, I no longer hold to that view. And if any of our listeners do hold to that view, I did write a book, Preterism on Trial. I provide a thorough biblical examination of preterism. I think part of the reason why so many Christians are unwilling to carefully examine what is happening today in our world is because they're preterists and their pastors are preterists. That's a problem. That's a dangerous view. And I know there are a couple of high-profile Christian authors and radio personalities. I won't mention their name, but they're preterists. But friends, please stick with the Bible. <laughs> that's, that, that's the answer. Don't go for the stuff that says, well, um, you know, um, AD 70 was, uh, was the Great Tribulation and Caesar or whoever was the Antichrist. That's a lot of nonsense. Don't believe that. That weakens the church. That that weakens our desire to understand and to fight back that preterism is dangerous. Bob, what is the divisive tool known as ESG? You know, it's an acronym for environmental, social, and governance. You know, globalism, of course, is you know, kind of the, the idea that's behind this, and that, that is that you know, we're going to erase national borders. We're going to have... It's really a, a mechanism to advance socialism across the world. So no national borders. All cultures are inherently valid and alike, or they should be. Uh, and, of course, the academic elite you know, promote this as almost their god of sorts. And then, of course, they attack President, former President Trump for his Make America Great because America's nationalism was contrary to you know, what these globalists, the Soros and the Schwabs and so forth are promoting. The idea of socialism, of course, is a, is a Marxian concept that is promoted, you know, and of course capitalism is bad, and they say socialism is the way of the future, and we see, of course, what's going on in China and other countries around the world. You know, the, the whole social justice issue, the whole wokeism that we hear about every day, Larry, you know, it's something that the left uses to really intimidate not only the Disneys and the Targets and the Dodgers baseball teams of the world, the Budweisers of the world, and so forth, but they're pushing and using mechanisms like Black Lives Matter or, you know, the Pride Month of June, as they call it, the gender-neutral bathrooms and, you know, the Meet Too movement. All of those are part of the social justice agenda, the wokeism, and it's even infiltrated our military, and, and yeah. that's why, you know, it, arguably the, the real readiness and the ability of our armed forces is going downhill, right. you know, because we have social agendas that are being, you know, replaced or replacing the things that we need to stay ready. And then, of course, all of this is related by the same leftists uh, to the environmentalist movement, and I can go on for hours on that. They demonize carbon, gasoline, and those types of fuels. They promote these EV cars and, 
you know, all sorts of things uh, without really any solid scientific background. So, right. you know, it, it's, it's a big agenda. It's really embraced by a large corporations, by the U.S. government, certainly this administration, and they would change the world as a direct result. So right. it's about division at the very core. Well, you, you did mention the military, and I think that's very important. I know that enlistment is below quota. A lot of young Americans who love America are not enlisting. They're not part of the armed forces. That's a tragedy. I mean, there are a lot of people out there that want to bomb us, destroy us, wipe us off the map. I guess Mr. Biden thinks that if we go down, he'll be hailed as a hero, and he'll have a special, uh, <laughs> what he'll have is a special cell. You know, Lenin spoke about a useful idiot. I think that's exactly what we have. And the fact that our military, we've done some studies on my show. The military has become so woke, so gentle. You know, bullets are a different color, you know. And, and what is happening? And I'm thinking, you know, with our border being open, it seems to me that that's treason. The president is supposed to protect the people. He's not protecting the people. I just, you know, it, it mystifies me that people go along with, with that kind of show. Any, any comment on that? I mean, just, it's serious. Oh, it's incredibly serious. It's not just the open border. Uh, and it's not just being naive about the threat, the real threat from China and the like. You know, but it, it's going to the very core. And the, the whole reason we can't meet our enlistment numbers is because much of the conservative part of our country, people like me who, you know, retired from the military are saying no to our offspring, no to our grandchildren, no to those that we know. It, because, you know, let me give you an illustration. There at the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs, which isn't all that far from where you are, Larry, right. that, um, you know, there was a, a civilian professor, and this happened in, within the last couple of months, that was calling white male cadets he referred to them in the classroom and pointed them out and says, you're white boy number one, you're white boy number two, and you're white boy number three. And it's all because, according to this professor, civilian professor there, that white boys look alike. Now, this sort of what we call DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, has been infiltrating not only to the schools where parents are objecting, and we've heard about that, but inside our military, and it's really about a Marxist-based ideology, a social justice that is trying to remake, you know, what is happening inside the very armed forces that we depend upon our own security going forward. There's a lot of this that uh, through their training, uh, through, you know, their hiring practices, hiring based on color of skin or gender and not necessary relying upon merit, you know, right. these things are very, very damaging to the cohesion of our units and something we need to be concerned about. The social justice stuff is very important. And keep in mind, when a president comes in, they have thousands of appointees. The people that make the ultimate decisions in the Pentagon, where I still work, are appointees of Mr. Biden. And so they appoint people that represent their ideas, that will carry out their agenda. And it's very clear he has a radical, very divisive agenda, not only for the Pentagon, but for the entire United States government. You're absolutely right. Well, we only have a few minutes, but 
a very important question, and that is that one of the most divisive issues in our culture is over the issue of sex. For example, the question, what is a woman, has caused significant disagreement. So why is all this nonsense over sex? Well, it's, it's easy to divide people if you can, you know, really cause them to question their who they are, in, in a male or a female. Yeah, what is a woman? And everybody laughs when there was a, a hearing on the Capitol Hill and a, a judge was asked whether or not uh, she could define what a woman was, and she refused to. <laughs> you know, a, a woman is a, an adult female. That's pretty simple. <laughs> but where we have come as a culture is to be incredibly divided, dividing people based upon their gender, and the confusion that this whole transgender stuff uh, puts inside of our, you know, not only our military, but inside the country, inside our schools, and the promotion of that. Certainly, you know, if we look at the history of where this started, it started our, arguably with several waves of feminism. Uh, the first one, of course, was uh, about the right to vote. And, you know, I don't think anybody's going to push back on that because it, it was something that was left out purposely by the 55 men that wrote the Constitution. Uh, but then the second wave, really introduced uh, by you know, Betty Friedan and her book, uh, The Feminine Mystique, and what Betty did is she took advantage of birth control that ran women basically out of the home and they began to arguably make the marriage bed a bargaining chip, and they no longer wanted respect for the covenant of marriage. So they were really targeting you know, marriage, and they were targeting family. And then, of course, we saw the third wave. You know, arguably that began with Anita Hill and the Clarence Thomas uh, Supreme Court hearing. And this, of course, really made a mockery of the distinctions between male and female. That's a long history, and there's a lot to it. But we need to recognize that this was on purpose, and it was incredibly divisive in our culture, and it's targeting the very institutions, the family, which, of course, is the bedrock of every society. Amen. Well, Bob, the, uh, the worst part of doing shows with you is that we come to the end of our allotted time. <laughs> it's always a delight. Thank you so much, dear brother, for your life and ministry and for being with us another time. Where Are you working on a, another book? Well, I don't talk about that until I have it out, Larry, so thanks for asking. <laughs> okay, well, friends, the book we're talking about uh, that we're offering to you is Divided We Stand. Call for your own copy. The complete two-day conversation with Bob McGinnis is available right now on CD. Simply call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Behind the veil of massive corruption, polarization is tearing at our foundation. At the hands of the big egos of the rich and powerful, and especially their evil agent, Satan. In Divided We Stand, Bob McGinnis reveals this insidious agenda and explores where it intends to take America and accelerate steps to the prophetic end times. Order your copy of Divided We Stand by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order on our website, 
swrc.com. Friends, who were the Knights Templar? What part did they play in the Crusades? Did they hide a vast treasure that remains hidden to this day? What holy relics did they acquire? And did they have a part to play in the founding of the United States of America? Let's find out the answers to these questions and more in today's Marginal Mysteries with Micah Van Hus. Who were the Knights Templar? What part did they play in the Crusades? Did they hide a vast treasure that remains hidden to this day? What holy relics did the Knights Templar acquire? Did they have a part to play in the founding of the United States of America? Around 1118 AD, the Knights Templar appeared in Jerusalem after the First Crusade as a small group of nine knights who protected Christian pilgrims as they traveled to visit holy sites. Those pilgrims were being raided by Muslims, and so the Crusaders, the Templars, were founded to take care and protect those folks. They called themselves the Poor Fellow Soldiers of Christ and of the Temple of Solomon. Now, their leader was, and their first Grand Master was Hugh de Peons, and he lived from 1070 to 1136. In 1131, the Crusader King of Jerusalem, Baldwin II, granted the Knights Templars quarters atop the Temple Mount. Now, beneath their quarters were the ruins of Solomon's Temple, where the Templars invested vast resources into excavations of the site. Now, when we talk about the treasures of the Knights Templar and the holy relics, this is possibly where they found some of them in the buried Solomon's Temple. Did they find the Ark of the Covenant in there? We will talk about it a little bit later. So, in 1139 AD, the Templars were officially declared to be a monastic order under the protection of the Catholic Church by Pope Innocent II. Now, obviously, after the Pope officially made them answerable only to the Church, they quickly expanded from nine knights to over 300 very quickly. At its peak, the Knights Templar had between 15 and 20,000 members. Now, only about 3,000 of those members were actually Knight Brothers. Um, These were the rich, important families and noblemen from the different countries that served as the Knights. Saladin was one of the leaders of the Muslim armies. Now, this was a few hundred years, so um, there were many other leaders, but Saladin was the most prominent. He was actually an honorable leader by history's standards. For instance, he refused to attack King Richard. King Richard was the the same king in the story of Robin Hood when he was off in the Crusades. Saladin refused to attack King Richard while King Richard was ill with a fever. He allowed defeated crusaders to return to their homes. At the end of the Third Crusade, he granted access to Jerusalem to European pilgrims and Jews. At the end of his life, Saladin told his sons, he says, I warn you against shedding blood, indulging in it, and making it a habit, for blood never sleeps. Now, that is the subtitle of my new book, Secret Society's Blood Never Sleeps. That will be out in September, late September probably, maybe early October of this year, so stay tuned for that. We'll talk a little bit about it in a minute. Acre was the last major stronghold of the Crusader Kingdom of Jerusalem. In 1291, Muslim Malmuks, led by Sultan al-Sharaf Khalil, they carried out a siege against Acre. The Templars were hopelessly outnumbered. Muslim sappers, which are men who dig under the walls and place explosives under the walls, had easily destroyed the walls of the city of Acre. So the crusaders fell back to the fortress at the sea, where they held out for many days while they smuggled the Knights Templar's treasure off to Europe through the port of Acre. Acre is a city in Israel today. 
I will be doing some filming at Accra uh, once I get to Israel. And so the sappers had dug under the walls of the final fortress, and so the crusaders charged out for a last glorious charge. The Knights Templar officially came to an end uh, after King Philip IV of France, who needed money, started persecuting rich Jews in France and also the Knights Templar. It was on October the 13th of 1307 that he ordered the arrest of all the Templars and the seizure of their property. It's believed that these events is what gave Friday the 13th its bad luck. And so they charged the Templars with all kinds of erroneous charges, uh, such as blasphemy and other things. And so many of the Templars were burned at the stake. So in 1314, King Philip ordered the public confession of the last Grand Marshal of the Knights Templar, Jacques de Molay. He orders a confession, but instead of confessing, de Molay defiantly recanted his confession. Um, and as they burned him at the stake, he cursed King Philip and Pope Clement, saying that they would both die within the year. Of course, they both died within the year. So though the Knights Templar suffered in France, elsewhere, They were treated with a lot of respect because they were legendary. They were legends in their own time. And so they were honored in many other places. France was really the only place where they were persecuted. But officially came the end of the Knights Templar, but only in name. In Aragon, the Templars became the Order of Montessa, and the Templar Order was never really destroyed, but it was reborn in the group the Order of Christ in Portugal. The king of Portugal gave the Templars lots of land, now called the Order of Christ. And it's actually from Portugal that the Templars succeeded in spreading their ideology throughout the entire world. Through maritime expeditions from Portugal, the Age of Discovery was born. Portuguese ships sailed all around the known world and beyond, bearing the Templar crosses emblazoned on their sails. In fact, on Christopher Columbus's three ships, the Nina, Pinta, and Santa Maria, All three of those you will see in depictions the Templar cross on their sails. Famous explorers including Henry the Navigator, Ferdinand Magellan, Vasco da Gama transported the Order of Christ Templars across the oceans. You'll notice in the portraits of all these famous explorers, they are wearing Templar crosses. So the Order of Christ, the Knights Templar carried on through the Order of Christ, spread throughout the world. We'll get into their treasures in another episode. But... It was out of this organization that the Freemasons partially came. Be sure that you check out uh, my latest book, Secret Societies, Blood Never Sleeps, and follow us on MarginalMysteries.com and all the major social media platforms at Marginal Mysteries. Divided We Stand is the brand new book by Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis. Order your copy today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. The ideological left is transforming America into something our founders never intended. It means identity consciousness reigns as we become polarized by calls for diversity, equity, and inclusion. The intimidated business world echoes that radical view. Most media, the corrupted education establishment, and especially the deep state big government. In Divided We Stand, Bob McGinnis reveals this insidious agenda and explores where it intends to take America and accelerate steps to the prophetic end times. Order your copy of Divided We Stand by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order on our website, swrc.com. 
The book of Enoch is a treasure, perhaps hidden away just for the last days. Tomorrow, J.R. Church will share his insight and knowledge on this ancient book. Be sure to tune in. Watchmen on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.